This episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast is brought to you by Jobber. Jobber is your business's command center. The easy-to-use app powers your sales, operations, and customer service all in one place. Go check them out at lawncarebusinesssuccess.com slash jobber to receive 20% off your first six months. Listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now, here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 257, entitled Making Big Profit with Small Mowers. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week, and of course, for those questions, the comments, and the feedback that you guys have been sending through, and those all-important iTunes reviews. I know I say it over and over again, but it's a single most... Uh, 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 you know, important thing you guys can do uh, to get the word out uh, of the podcast. It uh, uh, basically uh, gives the podcast uh, that social proof for new listeners who are looking for podcasts to listen to and they stumble upon uh, iTunes and they're looking for a podcast. Like I say, they look at those reviews and they see uh, that, uh, you know, you guys enjoy uh, the episodes that it is uh, worth listening to that you find value in, uh, you know, the time you spend uh, listening to uh, those episodes. So why is iTunes the most important uh, place to leave uh, your reviews? Well, it's because that's where podcasting started was on iTunes and most uh, podcast directories pull uh, the podcast feed from iTunes. So all of those uh, reviews and ratings go along with it. So uh, it's one of the most, uh, obviously, uh, important places. There's obviously some other places, uh, you know, that have grown with podcasting. Spotify is starting to become a big player. Uh, Google Podcasts is, uh, you know, has their own uh, uh, place for uh, podcasts now as well. Uh, but uh, still, iTunes is uh, probably still the most influential uh, in uh, terms of uh, uh, ratings and reviews. On that note, I just wanted to do a couple of shout outs for uh, some of you guys who have uh, left uh, some reviews uh, of the podcast, some written reviews. Uh, and uh, the first one comes from uh, the United States. It's a five star uh, review from STS Lawn Care Yard Machine. And the title says educational and inspiring. Uh, I have been listening to this podcast for a few days. It's not, uh, it's definitely worth the time to check out. Julio is very professional and his topics are spot on for the lawn care professional, whether you are a new small business or an older established bigger company. So thank you very much to uh, STS Lawn Care Yard Machine for uh, taking the time out to leave a review. I really do appreciate it. And uh, next after that, again, from the United States, uh, another five-star review from Sevilla00. Uh, the title of his review is a thumbs up emoji and says, uh, thank you very much for this content. It has helped me a lot business-wide, uh, business-wise, God bless. So thank you very much for uh, Sevilla00 for leaving that review as well. I really do appreciate it. 
And uh, like I've uh, said to you guys, uh, one of my goals is uh, to get to that 100 written reviews uh, mark on the podcast and uh, getting very, very close to that. Uh, so would appreciate uh, you guys uh, heading on to iTunes and uh, leaving a review, uh, especially if you uh, enjoy the podcast and uh, you're getting uh, that value from it. Uh, you know, I get a lot of those messages uh, on Instagram, direct messages and stuff from people listening uh, that get uh, a lot of value value from it uh, that say that they've put um, you know uh, the podcast uh, to uh, the test <laughs> basically using some of the lessons and things uh, that the, I talk about what I've used in my business and and they've done it in theirs and it's helped uh, you know their business grow uh, you know uh, in fact uh, uh uh, Paul Jamison from the Green Industry Podcast uh, was uh, uh, talking to me and uh, he uh, told me, hey, you know, I was interviewing uh, a guy in my podcast and he was talking about, um, you know, how uh, listening to your Lawn Care Business Success Podcast uh, basically changed his life uh, and uh, his business that, uh, you know, he was in debt and, um, you know, uh, with his uh, business and uh, listening to the podcast uh, basically got him. Uh, to uh, be able to turn uh, the whole situation around and in the right direction. So uh, just absolutely awesome to hear stories like that. And uh, just uh, really appreciate you guys uh, taking the time out uh, to leave reviews. So for this week's episode, I wanted to talk about uh, making big profit with small mowers. I did a YouTube video about this. Uh, on my YouTube channel, and uh, it was uh, very well uh, received. Um, a lot of comments uh, on that video, uh, and a lot of people uh, appreciating um, the content and talking about uh, small mowers, that it's not uh, all about uh, large zero turns and stand-on mowers uh, and all that. And there's a you know, a huge uh, section uh, of the, you know, lawn care uh, community of our population that uh, this is what they run. They run small push mowers um, or smaller mowers. Um, you know, if you come uh, and visit uh, where I live here in uh, Vancouver, uh, British Columbia, that's what you're going to see. You're going to see 21-inch mowers on just about absolutely every landscaping trailer here and in a lot of cases that may be the only mowers that you see um it's not um abnormal to just see 21 inch mowers in fact it's more of a rarity to see bigger mowers here uh like anything like a large sit down zero turn um or even a stand on uh, mower, uh, then you would see, uh, push mowers. Uh, and obviously a lot of that has to do with the fact that, uh, you know, you know, where I am situated, um, you know, I'm in a fairly dense, uh, city. So it's all smaller properties, uh, even where I am, um, sort of in the suburb to the main city, although the city I am in is now becoming a very large city in its own right. Um, it's still, um, you know, it's still generally smaller properties on average. I am in a little bit of a abnormal pocket in, um, 
where I live. It's, it's why or quickly transitioning, I should say. Um, what drew me to the actual neighborhood and thing that I live in, uh, was that the properties were, um, slightly larger, uh, roads were slight, slightly wider. Um, and there was still a lot of, um, agricultural land around. Uh, so I can drive like five minutes, uh, in either direction and, uh, be, um, uh, you know, uh, confronted by farmland. And I really like that. I really like, uh, sort of that mix of, uh, being, you know, in, uh, you know, suburban type neighborhoods, um, where you have that sort of real community feeling and neighbors and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but you can, you know, take a drive and, and, you know, five minutes and, and even a walk through my neighborhood. And there's still, um, even though it's predominantly, um, a core of, you know, uh, suburban type neighborhoods, there's still, um, properties that were once farms left over. They're a lot smaller now and more of like a hobby type farm. But, uh, you know, I can take a walk, um, you know, within five minutes and, uh, see, uh, there's a house with like three horses, uh, and, uh, an area there where the horses run around and stuff. And, um, to the other direction I used to be able to walk and there was a, a hobby farm there with uh, uh, ducks and geese and stuff uh, walking around that's now been sold and torn down uh, and made way for a bunch of new uh, houses uh, but there's still those remnants of uh, hobby farms and small um, you know uh, properties or, or smaller big properties like you know one acre five acre uh, sort of properties around but predominantly, um, my focus, uh, in my business is those small properties. Uh, and, uh, I've talked about how, uh, you know, with the cost of, uh, real estate, uh, skyrocketing here over the past few years that as these, you know, one acre and five acre type properties, uh, the homes get older, you know, in the 30, 40 year old range. Um, and you know, those, uh, owners decide to, uh, downsize as they get older and, and stuff like that. Those houses in a lot of cases, um, and, and in some cases, whole neighborhoods of that style house of like five acre uh, properties, um, being sold off one by one, uh, with developers uh, buying them and rezoning them into um, just suburban type neighborhoods where it's then hundreds and hundreds of little houses. And I've talked about um, how, you know, there's whole neighborhoods now around me that um, the properties are so tiny that I, I refer to them as shoebox homes uh, because literally the the entire property is like 3000 square feet or 3,500 square feet. And that includes in most cases, uh, a three story house. So you have these very, um, you know, like taller, narrow houses being built. It almost reminds me of, um, that stretch of houses, uh, or what's typically, um, regarded to as like a San Francisco style house, just tall, skinny houses close together. Uh, that's what, uh, you know, it's sort of popping up here because 
the value of the land is so expensive uh, that these, uh, you know, contractors, they can, development companies, they can take that, you know, one acre plot of land and subdivide it and make a, uh, you know, a huge profit in selling that as small, tiny little uh, properties. So a lot of these uh, neighborhoods are popping up and, you know, after you minus, uh, you know, the house and the sidewalk and uh, the uh, patio and they'll have like a maybe a single car garage or something in the back uh, to try to squeeze in. There's not much left there for a lawn. Uh, so, you know, that's a huge uh, part going forward uh, for my business is targeting um, those types of properties because they have a large profit uh, to work a ratio, you could say, uh, because they, they would all fall under a minimum. Cause in a lot of cases, the ones that I've done in those types of neighborhoods is, uh, you know, they can take, you know, the actual mowing time. Like you get there, you do your trimming might take, uh, two minutes, three minutes to walk around doing all your trimming, your edging. And then, you know, uh, you do your mowing, might only be like five minutes of uh, mowing with like a 21 inch mower. And, uh, you know, you blow for 30 seconds and you're done, uh, the entire uh, job there. And it's going to fall under, uh, your, mer- your minimum service charge. So there's a high profit potential there. The biggest downside, uh, and it's sort of a, you know, a fork in the road for me, um, is that I'm in that sort of mixed, uh, neighborhood still. It hasn't fully transitioned to that. There's a lot of that happening and I'm getting more and more calls every year for those types of neighborhoods, but I'm still, because there still is some larger properties around and a lot of the, you know, uh, seven, eight, um, to 10,000 square foot properties around as well. I still do carry around the, uh, 36 inch turf tracer, uh, to be able to do those, uh, larger, uh, type properties. Uh, the largest one that I currently do, uh, I believe is a half an acre of, uh, actual grass to mow. Uh, and I do that one with the, the turf tracer. So, uh, that's where that fork on the road for me lies is that, uh, you know, it may uh, soon be decision time on what I want to do, because if I want to continue to do all of them, then I need to still be able to keep that, you know, turf tracer, like up to a 36 inch mower, uh, basically, uh, while still maintaining those really small lawns with like a 21 inch, uh, mower or a 30 inch mower. And, uh, the conundrum in those tiny neighborhoods is that the houses are so close together and there's such a dense population and a lot of people have cars and a lot of those houses that might have a, you know, that third story, like basement, they'll have a basement suite and have, uh, you know, tenants living in the basement suite who might also own cars. And then parking becomes very difficult when you're showing up in a neighborhood that, um, you know, my, uh, crew cab, three quarter ton pickup truck with 
my trailer and you guys have, you know, familiar with my trailer. It's only, uh, maybe what is that? Probably 13, 14 feet total, uh, including the hitch. Um, you know, that rig crew cab truck, short bed box with that trailer can, you know, almost take up the length of, uh, you know, a house and a half or close to two houses, uh, in those types of, those types of properties. So, you know, you pull up to a neighborhood and that's, that's prime parking spot, right? Uh, so it's very difficult for me to show up and try to find parking in these types of neighborhoods when there's so many, uh, tightly packed houses, so many residents and tenants and, and that, uh, it can become, uh, very, very difficult. Um, and it also doesn't help that in a lot of these neighborhoods, because the population is so dense, that they will, um, you know, at the ends of each street, instead of being like a straight street, they'll have like a big sort of curb bump out, um, where it kind of narrows to sort of slow down the traffic patterns and stuff. So people aren't speeding through, you got to kind of slow down and that takes away parking at the end of each block because the curb kind of bumps out, uh, out past to where, you know, cars would be, uh, parked. So that can, uh, like I say, limit, um, uh, the parking, uh, even more. Uh, so I'm at that sort of crossroads where I have to think about, you know, do I abandon, uh, the trailer and taking that 36 inch mower and just strictly, you know, go to using, um, you know, the smaller mowers or do I find a different vehicle that can accommodate all of those, um, mowers, you know, in one vehicle. So a lot to talk about, uh, in this uh, particular episode. Uh, but first we're going to, uh, take a break and hear from our sponsor. At Xmark, we've poured decades of leading edge engineering and old fashioned work ethic into our laser Z, the pioneering commercial zero turn rider, more landscape pros trust. So now you can experience cut quality, performance, comfort, durability, and reliability beyond your wildest dreams. Stop by your local dealer or visit xmark.com to experience an Xmark Laser Z and the attractive financing offers available now. Okay, so when I'm talking about uh, small mowers, like I said, uh, making big profit with small mowers, I'm predominantly talking about 21-inch and 30-inch push mowers is what I I, uh, really want to focus on. You can use, um, you know, a 36 inch, like the turf tracer that I have is a fantastic mower. Uh, the 32 inch uh, star stand on mower, uh, is a great, uh, mower as well for these, uh, dense neighborhoods. I've done a bunch of videos and stuff that have shown, um, just how maneuverable uh, that machine can be, uh, getting into very tight, uh, spots. Some of the smallest properties that I've done, um, I've shown on video, like, going up somebody's driveway around their car, um, you know, turning a corner, uh, a tight corner and, and squeezing past, uh, a gas meter, uh, on the house, um, you know, going along the sidewalk between the house and a retaining wall where just that 32 inch mower is just squeezing through to get to a backyard, mowing the backyard, and then, uh, being able to come back. And because of that turn at the end, having to basically, back up that whole way uh, up along the house and around the gas meter and turning that corner um, to be able to get it to work. 
so they can be very, very maneuver, you know, very maneuverable as well. But my focus uh, primarily is on 21 inch and 30 inch uh, mowers, and that is because, you know, I see a lot uh, in social media. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, the focus tends to be on the bigger mowers, the bigger zero turns and all that. And there's almost, um, uh, a downplaying of smaller mowers, the 21 inch mowers, uh, you know, and a lot of guys can, uh, come across sounding like they're talking down to, you know, a 21 inch mower or somebody who's trying to run a business as a 20 with a 21 inch mower, uh, that, uh, that's just, you know, um, you know, somebody, uh, just starting out some, somebody who's going to undercut the industry and, and all that sort of stuff. And all I can say to, you know, guys like that is that you're living in a bubble that you know, expand your mind and your horizons outside of, you know, uh, where you may be mowing in your particular area. Not the entire country uh, is not um, huge parcels of land that everybody lives on. Um, You know, most of the population is going to live in uh, very, you know, in the cities or close to cities and neighborhoods and stuff are much smaller. Uh, and, uh, there's whole cities and whole areas like here where the 21 inch mower, uh, is still King, uh, here, uh, like I said, on the West coast of Canada, uh, predominantly around Vancouver, how it is, uh, when I, uh, went on vacation, and visited California, uh, and was driving through San Francisco and things like that. Uh, and, uh, you know, areas around San Mateo, California and and stuff like that. That's all I saw as well was it's small properties and, uh, you know, small mowers, every landscaper that I saw out there was running, um, you know, 21 inch mowers in the back of a pickup truck. And that's just the reality. It's not all uh, big mower. So I take a bit of offense when I hear uh, guys sort of talk down uh, about 21 inch mowers or, or things or that it's just something you use when you start out and, you know, uh, when you gain customers and, uh, uh, you know, put your big boy pants on, you get uh, a bigger mower. And that's not the case. Um, you know, there's areas where that is what you use. There's no room for anything bigger, uh, to you. So, uh, you know, the focus is, you know, in areas where there is smaller properties. Now, if you're starting out or you're thinking about starting a lawn care business, if you are, as long as you're not out in the country, uh, which may be the case for a lot of you guys where it's bigger properties and stuff like that. Maybe it's too far of a drive to get to a more densely populated neighborhood. But if you have the opportunity to do that, it can be a huge advantage to you to think about going this route of uh, focusing your business uh, not only as just a way to start your business, but as the main focus of your business is servicing those small, dense properties. And uh, we'll get into uh, a lot of uh, the reasons why I think, uh, you know, these uh, small properties are the most profitable 
um, that you can service uh, in this whole business. Uh, so for me, a lot of the cases uh, that you're using a, a small mower uh, is that uh, they're just very uh, versatile in, uh, you know, where they can get into. Um, you know, there's areas uh, that I live in uh, where it's it's very hilly uh, and uh, you might go and, uh, you know, the property itself might not be on a hill, um, you know, for the actual property or lawn that it needs to uh, be uh, mowed, but the lawn itself might be three or four feet above street level. So there might be three or four stairs to go up. Uh, and, you know, that's not happening with a stand on mower. That's not happening even with a turf tracer, like a larger 36 inch walk behind. But it is happening with a 21 inch mower. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to go up uh, a set of stairs, even without ramps, uh, going backwards up the stairs, uh, pulling the mower towards you towards that first step, uh, going up one step at a time, just pulling up on the handles uh, as you go each step, just to get that, those rear wheels over to the next step. And you're basically, um, holding the mower handle and the front wheels are just overhanging. And going up one step at a time, one step at a time, up three or four steps to get to that lawn. And, you know, the lawn might be completely flat up there and then getting to the backyard again, same thing, but it just might be uh, a condition of the geography uh, where, you know, the street level is lower. And it's, I've seen whole neighborhoods like that where the street uh, is on one level. There might be a boulevard down there as well. Like when you're parking your vehicle, uh, beside the curb, there might be a, a strip of grass there uh, that you cut and then you got to go up a few stairs to get to the actual main lawn uh, of the house. So that's a very uh, common uh, thing too in cities is, uh, uh, you know, some of that mixed geography. The other thing is, uh, as I mentioned, uh, with newer houses, as they get tighter and tighter, um, you would, uh, in some cases, shake your head at, uh, some of the design decisions or the even zoning decisions that are allowed with this construction and how close some of these uh, houses can be. Um, I did one house once where um, the house was so close to the next house that um, there was a portion I had to turn my body sideways to get through. And that was a portion of the house where uh, one house had... Uh, a bump out sticking out of the house where maybe like on the inside, it might've been a, like a dining room with a dinette, uh, where normally you'd have like that cabinet, uh, there. Uh, so on the outside that, uh, that bump out was there, but on the other side, uh, the other house that was right beside it, um, they had maybe uh, a living room on that side and there was a gas fireplace. So the grill or exhaust vent for the fireplace was there with this sort of safety cage uh, sticking out there. And because of that safety cage, I could get my mower um, and, and between the house is kind of like a shared like gravel path that when you get to the backyard, then there's like two gates there and you go into one gate to get into one backyard or the other gate to get into the other person's backyard. And, uh, you know, getting the mower, the 21 inch mower, the handle would just fit underneath, uh, the grill of the, and it, and it wasn't like the grill was touching the other house, but it was like maybe, um, I don't know, eight inches or so away 
10 inches, something like that, uh, uh, maybe a foot away or something like where that grill was. So the handle would just go underneath. But to get my body through, I actually had to turn sideways to fit between the dinette bump out of the one house and the exhaust grill of the other house. Uh, so obviously it could be an issue if that, you know, it was winter time and that person actually had their fireplace on and there was actual heat, uh, coming out of there. But you know, during the, the spring and summer, that wasn't an issue. Uh, but it was just like, that was the closest that I'd ever seen uh, that where the more handle had to go underneath and I had to turn my body sideways to, uh, fit, uh, through in most cases, that's not the case. It's, uh, you know, wider. That was one extreme condition. Um, and most cases you can, you know, easily walk through, but it still is very tight between the two. Um, there's been cases where with some of them, the pathway that they leave, um, they'll be, because they're like a three story house, uh, as I mentioned that third story, they'll have the windows that are like partially buried, uh, in the ground. So they have that sort of like, uh, cut out in the ground, um, with a barrier around it so that that holds the soil back, um, from uh, like a metal barrier. Uh, but then, you know, in case of a fire or something, the person downstairs can open the window and climb out, uh, of, uh, uh the window and, and come up, uh, you know, up, uh, to uh, the street level. And there's been cases where that's an issue where I have to push the mower and I get to that sort of window well, and some of them will have like a grill, sitting on top of that window well that's not bolted or anything it's just sitting uh there uh so that if there is like a fire and somebody needs to come out they easily just push that out of the way and uh, they can climb out but it lets allows you to walk on top of that grill and sometimes that's you know what we're dealing with we're rolling the mower over that or if that isn't there uh, because some houses won't have that they'll just have the opening you have to be careful when you're walking that you're paying attention and you're not going to like step into that hole, uh, or, uh, that the mower, uh, you know, wheels, you have to sort of like angle the mower, uh, so that you're on, you know, two of the wheels on one side, uh, lifting uh, the mower sideways so that it's uh, going over, uh, that sort of open window well, uh, area. Uh, so, uh, predominantly, you know, in some of these, uh, tight city neighborhoods, these are, uh, some of the things that you're dealing with and where you have no choice, like a 21 inch mower, uh, is, uh, what you have to use is, uh, stairs and those, uh, uh, tight, um, you know, uh, uh, quarters to get through, uh, with that, uh, just the access, uh, to get to like a backyard. Uh, some of these properties too, like, uh, in those neighborhoods that I'm talking about, those shoebox homes, um, there's been uh, a lot of those neighborhoods where that backyard, um, is just not even worth mowing. Uh, it's not even worth taking the mower back there that I'll use just the trimmer, uh, and go back there and just trim the whole thing and then blow it. Uh, because it's just so small. In a lot of cases, they'll end up just replacing the small strip of lawn that might be like uh, two feet by six feet or something like that. And they'll just put like some turf or, or rock or something down instead and just remove the lawn completely out of that backyard and just have you mow just that front area. Uh, so that is, uh, you know, one of the reasons uh, that a 21 or 30 inch uh, property is predominantly used in these uh, smaller uh, cities. So what are some of the other benefits of using a small uh, mower for that uh, sort of thing? Uh, well, 
I've got a list of things that I want to discuss, but first uh, we're going to hear uh, from our next sponsor. Enjoying today's show? Motivated to take your lawn care and landscaping business to the next level? Learn what it takes to grow your lawn and landscaping business today with training and education from the Entrepreneur Academy. Get educated with how-tos on mulch installation, plowing snow, aeration and overseeding, and so much more. These training programs are designed to help you save time and make more money with your business. Invest in your future by first investing in yourself. Use promo code PODCAST to save 10% on all courses today at Entrepreneur Academy. Now, back to the show. Okay, so uh, one of the uh, advantages uh, of these uh, mowers, uh, especially if you're starting out, you're thinking about getting into the business, is their low cost of entry. So, you know, I always suggest going with a commercial grade of equipment, um, especially in this case, because I know a lot of you guys that service larger properties, the uh, 21 inch mower is something that you try to avoid, or it's uh, something that is an afterthought, uh, something like a trim mower that you're using. Uh, and it's not used very often. And a lot of you guys will get away with just using, um, you know, any sort of, uh, you know, Toro push mower or uh, any residential grade uh, mower, no bells and whistles, no nothing, right? Uh, but if you're focusing in on these small properties and, um, you know, your business is pre- uh, predominantly going to be done with a small mower, then, you know, you're in the same situation that you'd be if it was large properties were your main thing. You wouldn't um, necessarily rely on residential grade equipment for large properties if that was the majority of your work. It's the same sort of thing, right? Um, you would want the best equipment because you're relying on that equipment to do uh, or earn most of your income. So, you know, you want to uh, look at commercial equipment, but even then it's a low cost of entry. You can buy, um, you know, a high end um, 21 inch more for uh, or so. And I'm quoting, uh, you know, Canadian prices because that's where I'm at. So it'll be less in US dollars, uh, but gives you, uh, you know, the idea that even then um, it's a low cost of entry uh, in the grand scheme of things. I've had people, um, you know, uh, comment over the years with videos and things that I've done or I've talked about because I'm always talking about, um, you know, mowers like, uh, the X mark commercial 21 or, uh, the Honda HRC 216, And people saying, I would never spend that much money on a 21 inch push mower. Again, I would say to those people, uh, get your head out of a bubble, uh, because you're thinking of it or looking at it from only one perspective, your perspective, you're not looking at it from the fact that if this is how you earn 90% of your income, then yes, you do spend that much on a 21 inch more because it is the main uh, revenue uh, earner for your business. And, uh, you know, in that case, a 21 inch, uh, you know, commercial mower is going to be, uh, offer, uh, especially a commercial one is going to offer a lot of advantages over a residential model. Obviously they're built, um, a lot heavier, the same as a commercial, um, 
you know, a zero turn or the difference between a commercial zero turn and a residential zero turn. It's the same, you know, differences there where just the, the construction of the machine is a lot better. It's going to take a lot more abuse, um, but it's also going to be a lot more reliable and it's going to uh, be able to handle the workload day in and day out uh, without constantly breaking down. You know, it's very easy to see, uh, even talking about, say, something um, like the uh, popular um, 30-inch mower class uh, and the, uh, you know, Xmark uh, Commercial 30 Toro has um, their... um, a 30 inch, uh, mower as well. And then, uh, uh, Toro also makes, um, the 30 inch residential version. And a lot of guys will opt for that residential version of the 30, uh, because it's a lot cheaper to buy. Um, and you see it over and over again, the complaints that come from that mower that it's constantly breaking down. And, you know, it is what it is. It's a residential grade mower. It was not made to do what you're trying to do with it, to do the amount of mowing uh, that you're trying to do with it. It was made to do, you know, mowing on maybe a slightly larger property than a 21 inch mower or to be more efficient than a 21 inch mower, but you know, once a week. Uh, sort of thing. That's what it's made for. It's not made for mowing, uh, you know, 10, 15 properties or more a day, every day. Uh, it's just not going to hold up to that. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, very easy to see, uh, reviews and stuff of guys using, uh, those residential grade mowers and just, you know, the constant, uh, uh, maintenance and replacements and the more, always being down and not, uh, working right. Versus, uh, the commercial versions that, uh, can go years and years. My own example with, uh, the Honda HRC 216, um, that uh, I previously used before I switched, uh, to the X marks, uh, commercial 21, but, uh, the first very first Honda HRC 216, uh, mower that I used, uh, that I got in 2000, and, uh, was it 2005, 2005 or so when I started, uh, my lawn care business, um, I used that mower for 90% of my income, um, for 10 years. Now it wasn't 90% of my income for the whole 10 years. Uh, it started out as 90%. I did buy some bigger mowers, um, the Walker included and stuff like that. But I talk about how, you know, um, the $14,000 Walker mower uh, that I had spent, you know, the majority of the time looking pretty sitting on the trailer versus that, you know, $1,500 Honda mower that was actually doing the work um, most of the time. And it just didn't make sense. Uh, you know, after four years, I was like, you know, this is a very expensive, you know, $14,000 just sitting here, uh, hardly getting used. I think after four years, I ended up selling it with 250 hours on it, uh, after four years. So it just shows you like, it just doesn't get used. Um, you know, a 42 inch machine for me, uh, because it just was too big to get into backyards to do all sorts of stuff. So most of my income was with that Honda. So, 
you know, even at $1,500, say, spent on a, you know, that mower, that 21 inch mower, it gave me 10 years of service uh, before I decided to replace it because uh, the deck was completely uh, rotting out, rusting from all the rain and wet grass that were uh, typically mowing here. Um, so that's a not a bad return of investment to earn an income for 10 years on a piece of equipment that cost you $1,500. Uh, so, um, you know, so to those people that are always like, you know, I would never spend that much on a commercial 21. Well, it's, you know, all relative, uh, to that. It, it's the same, you know, for me looking back at that Walker purchase now and going, well, I would never spend 14 grand on a, on a mower, uh, like that uh, again, because, you know, it doesn't make sense. I would rather, and, and like I did early on, um, I ended up selling that Walker. I was still, you know, in that transition of having some bigger properties to service. Uh, and, uh, what I did instead was, um, purchase, uh, tractor, a 42 inch, um, John Deere tractor from home Depot. Uh, a $2,000 residential grade tractor because I was in that reverse situation where you see all these, these guys with the big zero turns and uh, just buying a, a cheap 21 inch mower to do the trim mowing here and there. It was the opposite for me. It was like, I'm earning most of my income with 21. So that's going to be the heavy duty commercial mower. And then I'm doing, you know, one property here a week or two properties a week or three properties a week that I need something bigger. I'll just use the tractor. It can, you know, it can handle that. Why invest all this money again, like I did with that walker and have it sit on the trailer all the time. You know, if if I just need it sparingly, I'll just get something like a tractor. Yeah, it's slower. Yeah, it's not as efficient and stuff like that, but it doesn't, you know, it's actually more profitable for me to use in that sense, because it'll take me years, if ever, getting uh, the cost of investment back on the walker with a few properties I was using it on versus, uh, you know, the tractor. So it's all relative uh, when you look at uh, stuff like that. Now, um, with that being said, uh, you know, going forward, I see the value in the commercial grade machines and I probably wouldn't buy a tractor again. Um, but like that sweet spot, every business is going to be different. And for me having something like the turf 36 inch turf tracer is just fantastic because it's small enough to get into most gates. Um, I can use it uh, on a wide range of properties, like from my, uh, you know, half acre lawn that I mow down to, you know, a residential corner lot, uh, that I can mow with it. I can use it with a sulky. I can still walk behind it. So it's a very versatile machine. And, you know, I probably wouldn't replace it with a tractor going forward. Like I did replacing the Walker. Uh, when I did, if something were to happen with the turf tracer, more likely than not, I would replace it with another turf tracer. Um, but that's, you know, a completely uh, a different uh, uh, story. The other really uh, good advantage is the low cost of maintenance with these smaller mowers. Um, you know, in a lot of cases, it's just spark plugs, oil filters, and air cleaners uh, that you're doing. And then, you know, winter prep uh, you're going to be putting some stabilizer in the flu or in the fuel, sharpening blades, things like that. In you know 
depending on brand. Uh, with um, some other brands like the X marks and stuff, you've got some belts um, to deal with, uh, but then you also have less drive parts as well. Um, so it's sort of a, uh, you know, kind of a, a trade off, right? Uh, you've got uh, a little bit more, uh, one more item to worry about uh, in replacing drive belts uh, with them, but then you don't have, uh, like with a Honda, for example, it didn't have a drive belt, it was a shaft drive, but it had those little um, ratchets uh, that I call them that were in the rear wheels. Uh, that were used in the self-propelled system, and those would constantly fail, um, you know, over time. Every, you know, six months to a year, um, you'd have to replace at least one of those, especially on the right-hand side. And those were, uh, for me, about 40 something dollars a piece uh, to purchase and replace. It was very easy to replace. You could do it uh, on the fly, right on a job if you had to, um, but it was just, it's just one of those things, right? So there's trade-offs. Yes, one has a belt and the other one doesn't, but then the other one has those ratchet things in the wheels and the one with the belt doesn't have that. So, you know, there's a difference, but it's still generally very low maintenance compared to the larger mowers. There's just way more going on with large mowers, more grease points uh, and all that. Like most small mowers don't even have grease points uh, to deal with or have to worry about. Um, you know, deck leveling, all that sort of stuff. So a a lot uh, less maintenance. The other really big advantage to a smaller mower is the ease of cleaning them. And I'm talking about the underside of the deck here, where, you know, with a bigger mower, you might have to, you know, balance it on your trailer uh, ramp where one wheel sticking off, you can get under it or have to use, um, uh, something like a jungle jack to lift the mower up in place uh, and you're um, you know lying on your back and you're trying to scrape the deck uh, when it clogs up and stuff like that uh, with a small mower you can flip it sideways on its side and it makes it you know cleaning the mower uh, a lot more efficient and it's one of the reasons why because I was so used to you know for me here in the Pacific Northwest with all the rain and there's no escaping it. There's no taking rain days and stuff off, uh, you know, on a regular basis. Um, you have, you will find yourself having to mow in the rain. And that means you will find yourself having to clear out clogged decks of wet grass. Uh, you know, they do work generally pretty well. Uh, but over time that does build up and you have to clean that out. And that's one of the reasons because I was so used to dealing with 21 inch mowers and being able to just flip it on its side and clean out a deck uh, of one of the reasons why um, I ended up buying that Walker when I did was because of one of those main features that, that having that deck out front instead of underneath you and it being able to fold up was a huge selling point to me because I was like, I always have to clean the deck uh, on the 21, a uh, large mower is going to be the same. So being able to flip that deck up, uh, makes a big difference, uh, in being able to, uh, clean out the deck. And that's one of the, like I say, one of the big things that, uh, made me want to buy, uh, that Walker mower, uh, when I did. Uh, so those are, you know, some of the main advantages, uh, as far as the actual equipment goes in, uh, why, um, 
you know, a 21 or 30 inch mower, uh, is great, uh, because, uh, you know, like I said, low cost of entry, um, you know, uh, and uh, the ease of cleaning that ease of cleaning again, like I said, uh, you know, talking about, uh, being able to mow in the rain, that's one of the, the main things here. Um, like I said, you're going to get caught in the rain. If you are, uh, in certain areas of the country where it rains a lot, that 21 inch mower is what's going to get you through the day where you may not be able to mow uh, with a bigger property, at least not on a residential property. You can get away with it on commercial properties. Um, I'll see the city crews out there mowing parks and stuff in the rain. And, uh, you know, they'll leave giant ruts and stuff and they'll, um, you know, they're just side discharging, but on a residential property, that's not going to fly. You're not going to be able to obviously put a big heavy machine, um, on a residential property and get away with a rut uh, like that. And you're not going to be able to side discharge, um, predominantly here in the city. And I find that everywhere where there's these small dense properties that you're not mulching, you're not doing that. You are bagging the grass. It just leaves a much cleaner look. I know it's impossible for a lot of guys where those properties are bigger, but, and I'm not going to say that it doesn't look good side discharging, because like I say, I do do the one property, the half acre where I do side discharge and you can make it look all right. Um, you see the stripes and stuff like that. Um, it looks nice from far away. We all see the Instagram pictures of guys showing their stripes and stuff, and it looks fine. But when you're actually on that property and you're walking on it and you can see those clippings there, that's what I'm talking about is that it's just not acceptable, um, in certain scenarios, like in dense cities and stuff. If people have, uh, pets and dogs and things like that, that are running out in the backyard, then coming into the house and those clippings are there and they're bringing that into the house. It just doesn't work. There's no beating, uh, the look of a bagged lawn. Um, there's just not, it's one of the reasons why, uh, Walker mowers are, uh, legendary for their cut. It's because they're, you know, it's that they got that reputation from that GHS system, from bagging those clippings, from vacuuming that lawn. Basically, uh, it just looks so much nicer. Uh, and you know, having a mower that you can flip up and clean that deck, allows me to continue to work through the rain uh, because I can put that mower on a front yard. I can mow it at the end. Uh, it's going to bag as best as it can uh, because another advantage is that your bagger kit is attached right to the deck on a 21 inch mower or a 30 inch mower. And those clippings are going straight into the bag versus having to say on a traditional zero turn, if you had to have a bagger kit, you'd have to have that sort of side shoot thing and, uh, uh, and all that, unless there's sort of a propel or fan system to help those clippings along. Um, it can be very difficult uh, to bag wet clippings with a 21 inch more because it's basically coming right off the blade into the bag. Um, you know, you can still bag, uh, wet grass in the rain. Obviously it's not as much, you're going to get those clippings sticking to the deck, but you can still bag clippings. And then, you know, when you're done, say a front yard, it's easy to shut the fuel, um, shut off, off the carburetor, turn the uh, mower on its side and be able to, uh, 
uh, you know, quickly clean that deck. If you haven't done it in a long time, uh, then of course you got to get a scraper and clean it and stuff. But when you're mowing wet lawns and you start with a clean deck and you do say a front lawn, it takes like literally less than a minute. You flip the deck over or sorry, you flip the mower over with the fuel shut off off, flip it over. And you basically, you know, I'll usually wear gloves and stuff uh, when I'm mowing wet grass. So I already have gloves on. I flip that deck on its side and basically it's just a wipe of your hand. All that wet grass comes off, flip it back. I can then, you know, roll the mower uh, to the backyard without clumps of grass falling onto the concrete and sticking to uh, the texture of the concrete and stuff like that and leaving grass stains. Mow the back, flip it up, clean it out and you know then load it back on the trailer very quick very easy to mow uh, wet grass uh, with a smaller uh, mower and uh, you know it works really really well so uh, I'm going to uh, take our final uh, uh, sponsor uh, break here and then uh, we'll get into uh, transporting um, your uh, smaller mowers what sort of setups to use and uh some pricing on uh, using small mowers uh, for uh, your lawn care business. Okay, so my question this time is, is there a way that I can let customers know I've completed a job quickly and efficiently? So good question, and I'm happy to answer. Uh, a lot in the industry, we've seen those flyers. Sorry, we've missed you. But the problem with those is they can get lost, and no one really wants another piece of paper that they're going to have to throw out. So instead, in Jobber, it lets you send your clients a quick automated message as soon as you complete the job. That message directs them to their customer portal, where they can review notes, before and after pictures, and payment options. Those automated messages are really easy way to improve your customer service and let your clients know you've completed the job no matter where they are. So there you have it, Lawn Care Nation. If you want to see what Jobber can do for you and your lawn care business, head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash Jobber. You can start a free trial and even get 20% off your first six months. Okay, so next, uh, if you're thinking about starting a lawn care business and you're thinking about targeting these small properties, the next decision on your list after you've decided on a commercial mower is how are you going to transport it? And again, a lot of uh, advantages here to a small mower. I talked about how, you know, in a lot of places like here, if you come visit where I'm from or you go to somewhere like San Francisco, you're going to see a lot of businesses running where it's just a pickup truck and they've got that 21 inch or more, uh, just in the back of the truck. And, um, you know, a lot of advantages there. You don't need a trailer. You can have a pickup truck with, uh, you know, something like some equipment defender racks on the side of the bed with your, you know, trimmer on there. You carry your blower and you put your mower in the back of the truck and you can use, uh, you know, something as simple as having uh, some temporary ramps that uh, go on the tailgate uh, or what I would recommend uh, for something like that uh, sort of a setup is um, something like uh, Dale Otero's uh, Mow and Go system uh, that just uh, connects to uh, the rear hitch of your truck uh, where you take off the um, uh, the actual um, uh, tailgate of the truck 
and uh, this goes into the uh, class three hitch and it basically adds a little uh, dovetail ramp uh, to the back of your pickup truck and um, you know these things are fantastic they're super affordable uh, that he makes them and uh, just can completely uh, turn a pickup truck into an awesome mowing rig uh, with a nice dovetail ramp. They're strong enough to load something like a stand on mower or a walk, but larger, you know, 36 inch turf tracer type walk behind mower, but perfect also for just a 21 inch or 30 inch mower setup as well. So that's one, um, you know, uh, setup that you could do. The other, of course, is, you know, if parking isn't an issue, um, that, uh, you go with a small trailer, um, for that sort of a setup, uh, where you could use, uh, you know, a really small open trailer and have your 21 inch mowers on there. Um, and, uh, that can be a good, uh, little setup as well, especially, you know, if you have uh, some space in your garage, uh, maybe you've got a two-car garage or something like that uh, at your home, and you know, and you want to, you you can have one side for your your landscape trailer to keep it from, uh, you know, being outside and and maybe potential theft or having to load it and unload it every day. You know, a small little trailer like that, open trailer, or even a small little uh, box trailer. Um, you know, you could have uh, with a you know, a 21 inch mower set up in there, uh, and be able to park inside a garage at night with the door closed, uh, is another way uh, to be able to do this. Uh, if you're in an area where, um, parking is a, a, a big issue, um, then you can, uh, there's a couple of ways you could, uh, tackle this. And it's one of the reasons why I like my trailer, even though, uh, parking becomes an issue, um, is the one thing I like about my trailer is that side loading door. So I've got that big back area that I can put the, you know, uh, 36 inch turf tracer in, but I also have that side door that opens up as a ramp and the 21 inch or 30 inch would fit in there, uh, with your trimmers and stuff. And I like that cause it opens up on the side, on the passenger side, it opens out to the property that I'm servicing and I can pull the mower, uh, right out uh, there. So in those tight neighborhoods, when I do find parking, I don't have to worry about somebody parking behind the truck and trailer and not being able to, uh, or having enough room uh, or finding a parking spot that is not only going to accommodate the truck and trailer, but it's going to accommodate the ramp folding down and the space behind the ramp to be able to pull out a more, uh, with those small properties, I can open up that side door and I'm using the 21 inch more that's in there, um, with, uh, that. So I can, you know, kind of get away with a little bit of a tighter spot. And that's why in some of those neighborhoods I've, I've, uh, perfected the art of being able to parallel park my truck and trailer into spots because I don't have to worry about that rear ramp. Uh, I'm loading and unloading from the side. Uh, so another ultra uh, compact setup uh, where, you know, having like a Mongo system might not work for you in that respect uh, is that uh, doing something like a Ford Transit van. These are super popular uh, for the guys in uh, Europe. Uh, they all use that. And the nice thing is that, you know, it's a big cargo van. You can stand up inside them, but they have that side sliding door that you would be able to pull out, um, you know, 
a small 21 inch or 30 inch more out of the side door using some ramps instead of uh, loading and unloading from the rear. Uh, you know, just an option there that you can uh, be able to do and would make those uh, work as well. The other thing that I've seen uh, is using um, like one of those mobility scooter type uh, racks that you would put into um, a trailer hitch of a truck um, and you would have that on the back. So you could have your trimmers and stuff in the back of your truck with your blower and whatever else you need. But the mower itself would sit uh, on one of those mobility scooter racks with a fold-up ramp uh, that loads sideways. Uh, so that ramp folds down and then um, you can pull the mower off that way. I've seen that as well, and I've actually used uh, that system. Actually, even before those ramps were popular uh, or as popular as they are now, I actually built one from scratch um, because I had that idea uh, many years ago, back in like 2008, uh, 2009, for doing snow removal. Um, I did, uh, I bought myself a snow blower like a two-stage gas snowblower. And uh, the first times I went out with my truck and trailer with a snowblower, uh, it was treacherous, I found, driving with a trailer because you would turn a corner and the trailer could like fishtail and go sideways because the roads were nasty and stuff. And I was like, this is like brutal. I'm going to get into an accident if I have to use, uh, you know, this trailer. So I started to think of ways, well, how can I, um, you know, take the snowblower without, I can't, you know, it's obviously it's too heavy to lift into the back of the truck. I, you know, ramps and stuff seemed, uh, cause the truck is quite, quite high using like temporary ramp for me was like, that's kind of sketchy, uh, for that, especially on uh, pavement that might be icy and stuff like that. So I thought, well, what if I make like a rack or something that I can sit it on with a little ramp that folds down. And essentially I made what you see now as those mobility scooter uh, ramps. And I think they had them uh, at the time, but they weren't wide enough uh, to accommodate uh, the snowblower that I had. So I made one basically big enough uh, to do that. And now you can buy those ramps in all different sizes and stuff. So uh, it's not a, a huge uh, uh, difficulty in finding that type of a thing but that's another option i've actually seen a couple of guys now uh taking that uh, idea and using that as for mowers instead or even guys where uh, i've seen as well where they have a truck and trailer but maybe space is limited um and instead of uh you know being able to fit uh that they've taken one of those mobility scooters and they've put it on uh say had a three um one of those class three hitches put on the front of their pickup truck and putting the mobility scooter thing um ramp on the front of the truck with a 21 inch more on the front uh just to have that extra space uh, you know a lot of different configurations uh, to make whatever works uh for your business a lot of nice uh things about those mobility scooters too like in the case of those um uh, like say using it on the front, if it's sort of an occasional thing, is a lot of those ones you can find that the, the whole mobility, like the ramp folds into uh, the platform that the uh, mobility scooter would sit in. And then it also folds up if you're not using it um, where, you know, on the back of a truck, obviously this would save space, but it would also impede being able to open your tailgate but if you had it on the front it wouldn't matter so on days where you don't need um you know a mower you could have it on the front and just have it folded up and then uh, not worry about having to take that on and off all the time and then you just fold it down and open up the ramp when you want to load a mower on it 
So lots of different options uh, to uh, use uh, or to, to have a 21 or 30 inch uh, setup. So the last thing I want to talk about, uh, and the biggest thing, uh, and the, you know, the title of this uh, whole uh, podcast is making, uh, you know, a big profit with a small mower. Uh, we touched on a little bit uh, with it, obviously the low cost of entry of buying, um, you know, a $1,500 commercial mower versus say buying, um, you know, a $14,000 walker or a $8,000 zero turn or something like that. You like a huge investment in these larger mowers to service properties. The biggest key here is that with the smaller properties, there's more profit potential because you are uh, doing less work, so to speak. Um, yes, you're walking behind the mower, uh, but you can actually charge more money for smaller properties than you can with bigger properties. I find with bigger properties, acreages, things like that, there is an upper limit of what people are going to accept. Uh, as uh, you know, a monthly mowing charge or you know per cut mowing charge. Uh, whereas the smaller properties, you can uh, you know push that limit. It's all relative uh, to that. There and there's going to be sort of that minimum service charge. So, uh, like in that video uh, that I did, I talk a lot about you know how you know most of the properties I do. Um, you know, are in that, uh, you know, uh, 40, 50, $60 range, um, uh, per weekly mowing, uh, for, you know, a property that might be, uh, you know, seven, eight, 9,000 square feet. Uh, and that's the whole property, including the house, the driveways, the garage, all that. So whatever's left over is what I'm mowing and I'm, you know, getting that, uh, you know, forty, fifty dollars, uh, you know, all day long for doing those types of properties that are taking me, you know, uh, half an hour, forty minutes uh, at times by myself to mow. Uh, so it can. There's a lot more profit there versus when I look at that bigger property, like the half uh, acre of lawn. Um, yeah, I'm charging say, um, a hundred and twenty dollars for a mow like that. Uh, but it's taking me anywhere from uh, an hour and 40 minutes to two hours to do that job, depending on the conditions uh, and whether, you know, if it's a rainy day and things like that, again, because it's a bigger mower, yes, I'm side discharging and stuff, but there's a lot more cleanup involved. It's a bigger property. There's more trimming involved uh, and all that. And it just generally takes longer. So you look at that uh, property and say, even if it took me only, um, an hour and a half, um, at 120, um, you know, according to my hourly rate, that would still be, you know, really good. But when I compare it to doing the smaller properties, say, um, we'll take a sort of a, an average, like a $50 mo, um, you know, that takes me say a half an hour to do in that same hour and a half, I can do three of those and be making $30 more in that same amount of time. And in most cases, that's not the case. In most cases, that, that bigger property is not going to take me an hour and a half. It's going to take me uh, closer to that uh, hour and 45 minutes to two hours uh, consistently. Uh, so, 
you know, in that scenario, well, now I can do four, four of those uh, $50 mows and be, um, you know, 200 bucks versus the 120 that I'm making on that larger property. On those really tall or tiny shoebox homes, um, you know, because they're so small, it's like five minutes of mowing, a few minutes of trimming, some blowing, you know, I'm charging in the $30 range for those 30, 35, uh, depending on the situation, whether it's like a corner property, one that has like the side boulevard too, or if it's a thing, there's some that I've, uh, uh, one that I charge $40 a week for, uh, doing consistently because the boulevard's a bit wider and still it's, you know, much less time to do, but it falls, you know, under that minimum. And if you, you know, land in a neighborhood like that and you sign up a bunch of clients, like if there was no limit there that if you could uh, go into a neighborhood and say, I'm going to, you know, sign up everybody in this neighborhood uh, to do, and you, you know, you could potentially, you know, obviously this would never happen because, there's going to be homeowners there. They're all individual houses. So there's going to be homeowners there that want to use somebody else or, uh, homeowners that want to mow the lawn themselves. But say in a perfect world, you were able to land a whole neighborhood of these houses where you could pull in to these shoebox homes, park your truck, pull out your trimmer and just walk door to door, trimming all these houses and then take out your 21 inch mower and, you know, knock them all out and then grab your blower and then blow them all, um, you know, with a 21 inch more, you know, a single person, single owner operator, you could probably knock out 40 of those houses in a day. If you didn't have to move the truck, if you were just going side by side, charging $30 a house, uh, you can just see the profit potential there with a small mower. Uh, it's just so much more profitable. When I see all the time, I, you know, watch some videos, people pricing and talking and what they're, you know, pricing for large properties or acreages. And, you know, once you get to that sort of one acre property price, it just kind of, you know, is very tiny increments after that going to two acres and three acres and, and things like that. It's, you know, and of course, if you're into properties that big, then you're going to have larger mowers that are going to make that a lot easier. But still, the difference between mowing one acre to three acres, that's, you know, it's very incremental where these smaller properties, you can already be making a ton of profit versus the equipment investment, uh, which is then going to pay you back for that equipment uh, much faster. And, you know, as a, if you're, you know, say a single owner operator, like I am, you're going to take care of your equipment and you can take a 21 inch mower and because you're looking after it and you're caring for it, you can have that piece of equipment, you know, potentially last 10 years. Uh, like I did with that other, uh, Honda HRC, uh, 216, my first mower and, you know, when you look at that that way, it's like the profit is, um, can be insane servicing just smaller properties. Of course, it's not for everybody. You know, everybody's going to be in different situations. If you're out in the country, it could be way too far to drive to a city or find neighborhoods like that. Uh, but you know, if you can, it's a, uh, 
great way to not only start a business, um, you know, and uh, get going because of that low cost of entry uh, and, you know, a lot less uh, uh, maintenance and, you know, everything all around uh, to get started. But it's also a great way to have your business long term because of that profit potential. It's putting that money in your pocket. You're you know, not doing payments and stuff on these, uh, uh, super expensive, larger machines and having to do these much bigger properties with smaller profit in them to pay off that machine over time. Um, you know, it's putting money in your pocket right away. So it's a fantastic alternative, um, to, you know, the larger setups, uh, businesses is to, uh, you know, focus in, on using small, you know, 21 inch, 30 inch mowers predominantly, you can step up to, you know, a 32 inch mower or a 36 inch mower, uh, walk behind mower. But again, you know, you're starting to get into that range of, well, now you're paying a lot more money for this mower and there's a lot more maintenance involved, uh, with this mower and a lot more limiting factors depending on environmental conditions. Like if you're, you know, here with where I am in the rain, then a stand on mower is can be difficult with the amount of weight that machine already has and then having an operator on top of it and stuff like that can be you know limiting on what you're doing um so you know a lot of different factors so predominantly focusing in on you know simple 21 inch 30 inch mowers focusing in on those residential you know dense city neighborhoods uh, and just knocking out those types of lawns can be uh, a very profitable way to run your business so uh, that's it for this week guys here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business bye for now <laughs>